0: Beyond and hello everyone and welcome to Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show where we talk about all things PlayStation and this week we are talking about the PlayStation 5 and games we've played on it because we can actually finally talk about that and I am so excited to jump in. Uh, this week I am joined by, before we get all to the, the PS5 of it all, I'm joined this week by Lucy O'Brien. Hello. Hey Lucy. Also joined this week by Janet Garcia. What's good? Hey Jenna and we're also joined by Mitchell Saltzman. Hey Mitchell. Hey, hey, hey uh thank you all so much for being here uh obviously for those uh watching at home this episode is coming out before the ps5 is out uh so the games that we talk about we won't you know dive into story spoilers basically whatever is out there in trailers or anything like that is fair game we'll be talking about at least in detail um spider-man miles morales and astro's playroom uh like i said we'll try to keep spoilers as light as possible though for this uh, and then we can uh, also talk about just kind of using the PS5 itself. So we'll be jumping into that stuff as long as, as well as a couple other uh, games that we've been playing on PS5. But we can finally actually talk about this thing. And um, Lucy, obviously, um, as a uh, cast member of the show, and then Mitchell and Jenna for being on as guests uh, a bunch, thank you all so much for being here. We've all had experience with the PS5. We've all been waiting for these weeks to finally talk about it. And now it's here, and it's a little strange to finally be able to just talk about this stuff. I don't know how you guys feel
1: <laughs> yeah no it is bizarre it feels like we're living in an alternate reality which we are in many many ways yeah but you know it you know it is very strange to be living in this reality in 2020 and 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 having the playstation 5 one thing that i will say is that i've like absolutely adored my time with the console so far and i think everyone who has a pre-order um should be really excited
0: yeah absolutely jen and mitchell how are you both feeling yeah, yeah
2: it feel just to finally be here. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's 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 the it's the excitement of it. I think you know we've been waiting for this for a long time, and for it to just be your new like go to console like for your Sony experiences or for whatever games you normally play on PlayStation. Like it was so exciting to finally just like unplug and reorganize everything, and reconfigure it, and say like, okay, I'm I'm on PS5 now, and you know for backwards compatibility to be able to support that transition really easily was also really exciting just to say like we're fully into this next gen uh and i've also really enjoyed my time with it so i'm i'm very excited to talk about the details of the ui and you know all the ui hype and the games and everything
3: yeah for me it's you know <laughs> i just love next gen console launches we only get so many of these you know in our lifetime and uh just the the feeling of, of you know getting it set set up even just going through like the very mundane stuff of like entering in your your psn name for the first time going through the the ui uh it's just it's really exciting uh some of that some of that magic has kind of worn off already because you know uh, i've had it for about a week and a half or so at this point uh but man i'm having a great time playing all the games on it <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things where it is um funny to now actually have in our homes and be that that thing that's just kind of there with us every day. And obviously everyone out there is only a few days away if you've been able to get a pre-order from being there. And so we'll we'll talk about the experience of like using the UI, uh, navigating around it, uh playing with what we can on it so far. Um, but yeah, I, I will say like as a um A jumping off point for me it was a it's it was such an exciting moment to be able to plug it in and just so quickly get into games and how quickly it downloaded stuff and um how easy the ui and everything has been to navigate it was one of those weird like oh there's some things maybe i'll miss about the ps4 and we can get to one of the interesting omissions from generation to generation but overall it feels like a really Really nice step up. And I will say, um, definitely go check out uh, Luke Riley's full review on IGN of the console. He reviewed the PS5 itself and definitely go read through all of his thoughts on it. But I, I do sort of want. Oh, no. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, uh, I think he was going to say, I do want to just go down the list and uh, talk about the console itself and how the UI feels. So, uh, Lucy, why don't you start with. Uh- Telling, me, telling us how, how you feel about the UI.
0: Don't know, you're back. I'm back. Good. God, this is going to be a nightmare. I'm so sorry. Of course, <laughs> we're dealing with tech issues for such an important episode. Um, I wonder how many times I will be cut off. So I'm going to say, Lucy, what have you thought of the UI? <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly, so Mitchell stepped in for you when
1: you just cut out, and that was exactly what he asked. So Mitchell can be the uh, interim host whenever you Perfect. cut out. So no. I'll take um, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel, I haven't even thought too much about the uh, UI, which is a good thing, because uh, it's really intuitive, and it's not, it's not, uh, it's not sort of weird in any way. It's, it just makes sense. Everything is where it should be, Um and 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 you know I, I always preferred the PlayStation UI over the Xbox UI. The the Xbox UI never made sense to me, um, but the way that it's laid out is is kind of it's 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 perfect. I mean the the activity cards make sense to me. Um, I think they're really co- a cool little addition. I don't think they're you know super like game changing in any way. But I think that, uh, that that like for something like Astro's Playroom, which is just like a series of little challenges. Uh they're they're great. You can just jump in, jump out, jump in, jump out, and it doesn't really interrupt the flow of, of the game. Um yeah, I just I think it's it's really elegant. Uh I don't really have much more to say about it. It's kind of unremarkable, but in a really good way.
0: Yeah, it feels like it's unobtrusive to getting you to the game. Like I, I thing I would say about the PS5, for me at least the most, is that it very much is like a hey, just get to the experiences that you want to have, because there's a lot to see. Um I, I do I like how easy it is to get to trophies and everything. That's been a very good thing for me. Like it's on the page of the game. You can easily get there. Um, It feels like a smart evolution of what the PS4 did, but it like bumping down on the PS4 UI for a specific game and it takes so long to load. And there's always like things lagging a little bit. There's always a lot of problems with that UI for me. And so I feel like this is a really nice evolution of all the features I would want there. Um, Mitchell, what is, what is it you been, uh, what has your experience been so far? I'm just so afraid the internet's going to go out. So I keep trying. <laughs>
3: uh Super positive. I, I actually was a big fan of the, the PS4 UI. And I think the PS5 uh, kind of evolves it in really, really smart ways. The, the big thing that I really appreciate is that when you press the home button, it doesn't just take you out of the game and puts and puts you into the, you know, the PlayStation home UI. It it brings up an overlay so you can still see what's happening in the game. It just kind of comes up from the bottom and just you can still see, you can still actually see what's behind it. Uh, and then from there, you can go through the, the activity cards. The activity cards are interesting because uh, I've never really there's never really been anything quite like them. Uh, and so like going into it at first, I was like, Oh, what are these go, go away. I just want to get to like my game switcher. Uh, but when I actually like started looking at it and, you know, seeing that it was a way to keep track of, you know, collectibles that I still wanted to get or, you know, a trophy, a, a like a trophy that I didn't even know existed, but you know, I was close to, you know, making progress on, uh, it was just really, really helpful, uh especially in Astro where you can like you bring up the home menu it's contextual so like if you're in a you know the the, the beach level it'll bring up a thing that says like hey you've got uh 68% of you know collectibles in this level do you want to you know do you want help finding some of the other ones and then you can click into it you can, you can see a little tutorial video that sh- basically shows you where where it is and then you just you know put down the menu and just go find it
1: yeah, the activity it's... the activity cards are so good for um, trophy hunters. Oh yeah, yeah. you know it. what I mean. Like for those like those obsessive people of which I am not one. You weirdos. Um, <laughs> I, uh, uh, you know, I, platinum, I love
0: uh, it. Did you? Yeah, I'm su- you did. super happy about it. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, it's it's genius how it's laid out and and how it it really does show you exactly what you need to do instead of like spending I presume hours and hours trying to figure it out yourself.
0: And yeah. uh, I, sorry, Mitchell,
3: go ahead. I was just going to say also, even if you're not in, in, you know, the, even if you try to look for something that's not in the beach level, you can press a button and even without going through the game menu, you can transport to that level just from the activity card, which is, it's nuts. Yeah, it is.
0: It is really cool. And and Jana, I definitely want to hear from you on the activities cards because obviously we've talked about it in like a theoretical case on this show from the guide's perspective and everything. I do just want to touch on very quickly because Mitchell, you had said something and it completely slipped my mind. And then when you said, I was like, oh yeah, that's been one of my favorite things is that the little game control center that pops up because it's essentially the inverse of what the PS4 did. So like on PS4, if you press the PlayStation button once, it brings you out to the main hub. But if you held it down for a little bit, it would bring up a short small menu to look at things. But I always found that menu kind of slow, clunky, not really having the settings I want or the settings are nested in like other menus within that menu. This is sort of the inverse where you press it once and you do get that small Uh, menu at the bottom and it is so nice to be able to not only just see the activity cards but switch to a game quickly check your friends list or your downloads quickly like it is so snappy and so nice and just right there and then if you want to back out you hold it a little bit longer and it brings you out to the main ui and I, i like that flow of it so much um but yeah janet in terms of using the ui and you know playing spidey and astros and uh navigating between all this stuff. What has been your experience of all of it? And I think especially how have you seen the activity cards now that they're in practice?
2: Yeah, well, I don't know how detailed we want to get on the the game help side of them, because I think that's the biggest thing. We might want to save that maybe a little bit for later. But for everything else, um, I think Mitchell spoke to it really well with like, it is overlay city here, which I think is a great marriage with what lucy had mentioned where oh it's pretty intuitive you can kind of figure it out especially if you've had game consoles before it works as you'd expect it to but at the same time like i'm still someone that constantly has to look down at the controller and i'm like am i hitting options or am i hitting like share or now create right (laughs) so i like that um it lends itself well to getting to know the ui because it's easy to take a second before you end up like going too far and making a mistake because that bar comes up. I do like that. You can also customize that little bar uh, to a degree. Some stuff is standard set. Like I think the game switcher is just kind of always locked in there and a few others, but you can make some customization to that and kind of change the order of things, which is nice. It kind of reminds me of how we have toolbars on our computers and can sort of customize that element as well. It's like a quick, easy access thing. I do think um, without getting into the details of the game help element, the cards are a little bit busy. There's kind of a lot of information to take in. Um, I kind of, maybe wish that you had a little bit more control or kind of had a easier, quick understanding of it because it will change from game to game based on the kind of game it is. You know, in Astro's Playroom, it's very collectible based and the cards are like pretty streamlined towards just like those two types of main collectibles. While in Miles, like it's a lot more of a, you know, it's a larger game. So there's like a different sort of, slew of activities it's showing you um and i I do think it's really cool as like a fast travel hack um i think that's the number one thing people will use it for because even if you choose not to dig into the game help element it's cool to say that okay i want to go back to this area though and you can immediately jump in um i've also just really liked the speed at which you can just like load in and out of games like i would completely like quit out of miles just to kind of check my progress like what percentage i'm in because you can't see that super easily which i really wish they had like Play times and other data like i'm still craving more data from like that ui from like all my consoles yeah but so like but being able to like exit out and go back in was so quick and simple um yeah i think it's just been really like easy to navigate and it feels like a little bit of a marriage between the ps4 ui and some of the things xbox does i know people hate xbox's ui but i do like how um some of it is like (laughs) weird i like it i'm the only one that likes it and i'm okay with that I I think think it does does have that overlay thing. Yeah, like it does have it does have that layer where you're not completely out of anything that can make it look like, you know, a mess. But I think they sort of found a way to incorporate some of those ideas, but in a way that feels still familiar. Like this still feels like it's inherently a PlayStation UI because it still is dominant left to right, up and down. That's sort of the style of all their UI configurations. And this sort of keeps that with a little bit of an emphasis towards Throwing game related information like news and and that kind of info is such a big focus on how it's sort of mapped out right now.
0: Yeah, I think the activities cards in particular are going to be an interesting test case for when we get more games using them, because that's when we're really going to know how well the functionality can be implemented, what they're going to do to update all of it, because like immediately already, I wish I could just delete the news feed activity card that's always there off. Like, I do Mm -hmm. not need to know about the current Fortnite cup that's happening. I get it. It's happening. I don't need to know every second I, I'm checking a trophy completion in miles. Um there's there there is some limitations there, but I, I do think it's important to mention because you had brought up the how easy it is to like get to the game switching from there. Um this the PS5 does not have the quick resume feature that Xbox has that I know a lot of people have sort of been wondering about and it doesn't um it's not something Sony's really talked about. I will say like switching from game to game is so quick, like it's under a minute for me for the games that I've been switching between where I go from like I'm in a game. I bring up the the quick resume or the quick switcher uh, control center. Go to the switcher option. Click the new game, and then it's in there pretty quick. I don't know if if you, uh, Jana. I know you said you've been like backing out and doing stuff. I don't know who's been like testing that stuff, but it's been really snappy and easy for me. But it does kick you out of the game, so you do have to exit the game fully to be able to switch to another game.
1: It just loads yeah. so fast. Like I, yeah. you know, I I remember several podcasts ago. I think it might have been like Altano or someone was saying, you know the sort of the speed at which you can get into a game now like this was you know he was being theoretical but it's like one of those things that i can't ever imagine being without like the speed is now the it is the new normal and going like anything less than how quickly we can get into playstation 5 games is a waste of my time (laughs) it's it's, it's so fast it's so so satisfying i just i love it so much i mean yes it would be nice to have a quick resume feature but it's it's so speedy, just quitting out and getting into another game. It's not it's not a game changer for
3: me. Yeah, yeah. I actually I actually tested this out. I uh, timed how long it took me to get into uh, from the the PlayStation Five home screen into Miles Morales to the point where I could like start web slinging around, and then I went back to the backwards compatible PS4 version of of Spider Man and found that in the amount of time it took me to go from the home screen to being able to web web uh, web sling around. I was at the insomniac logo on the PS4 version of (laughs) Spider-Man. So if if in 15 seconds, I was swinging around in, in uh, miles Morales and 15 seconds on Spider-Man, I was at the insomniac logo. It's It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's wonderful. And it's definitely one of those things where, like, um, you know, Spidey didn't have the most egregious load times, I would say, on PS4, but they were noticeable. Like, I definitely spent a lot of time in those loading screens looking at Spider-Man high-res uh, models of the suits slowly spinning or moving in the frame. And here it's just, it's gone. Like, there's there's no time for him to do a cute subway animation where he's riding the subway if you, if you choose the fast travel. There's... Such instantaneous, like near instantaneous, time between clicking it open, jumping into the you know startup menu, and being in game. Like you were saying, I, I think it's it is that moment of like clicking continue on the main menu to being in game within like a second or two, and it's like how how are you doing that?
2: It's, I actually, so it also feels smooth when they when that happens too, because yeah. like to your point, yeah, you when you do fast travel, you don't have the long sitting on the train, but you do have like a little clip of. I'm like walking out of the subway station. And I like that they have that. Like, I feel like in past Gens, when there have been surprisingly fast moments it's almost as if developers didn't really account for it. So you sort of see like Insomnia and it just like flash kind of, and it almost like is a bit shocking in how hard of a cut it is. It's like a, almost like a poorly edited video, but here it feels like the speed doesn't get so fast that you feel like you're not even consuming any information or seeing anything on screen or just seeing like a like a one second flash of, uh, you know, a suit or something like where I feel like last gen, If it was faster, they wouldn't have necessarily accounted for that. It would have just been, oh, you see like that one sentence of game help. And then now you're in the game and it's sort of the worst of both. So I really love how they kind of accounted for that. And it just feels like natural and smooth, which lends itself really well to how stylish like Miles Morales is in its gameplay.
3: I feel like it actually the the speed of how fast everything loads might uh, create interesting problems for for some developers that have very complex games that, and rely on loading screen tips to kind of give you that extra bit of knowledge mm-hmm. uh to supplement you know whatever tutorial that they, that they have because yeah like uh, another game that uh that i've been playing on the ps5 for for preview was devil may cry 5 and it you know it also has loading screens that have information on it, but the loading so fast, you can't read any of it. It just immediately <laughs> puts you into the game. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be, I, I, I feel like that's going to be an interesting, I mean, problem in quotes. Yeah. But, like it's uh, a good
1: problem to have, yeah. right? Like, yeah. it's you know, like it's, it's, it sort of demands that devs be a bit more creative with the way that they uh, offer us tips. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how uh, Demon Souls does it, actually.
0: Yeah. Because
1: for anyone wanting to jump into the Souls series for the first time, because it's a PS5 title, uh, that's a very, very, very complex series if you haven't uh, had an experience with it prior. Um, so, yeah, I'm very interested to see how and if there are any tips sort of woven through that beyond the usual if you look at a blood puddle or whatever and you get some <laughs> you know you get a little bit of information i mean actually from Software's always been quite good at organically weaving that through but that's the sort of thing we're going to see more of i think is that yeah. is that like more sort of organic game help as opposed well, to the loading screens <laughs>
3: What's interesting about FromSoft games is that they use load screens to to show like item descriptions, which are honestly one of their main ways of, of you know, showing their lore. So. So, yeah, like the illumination of load screens is is going to be interesting to see how it impacts, uh, you know, certain development decisions.
0: Yeah, it, it's going to be a really fascinating thing to watch play out over this generation, because I think leading into it, like we had heard all these theoretical things of like. Yeah, the PS5 and the way the SSD works and the way it allows developers to load in levels and parts of levels, we're not going to have to worry about any of those elevators or like slow climbing through hallways anymore. And it's like, that's true because those are in-game loading. But yeah, this is just straight loading screens are a thing I have not really been thinking about this these last few days. And it's, it's a nice feeling to be able to just have that smooth, consistent experience with the games that we're playing. Um, and definitely, I do feel like the the speed is one of the most next-gen things about what ps5 is offering before we get off of uh ui stuff and get more into the the gaming side of it i did want to ask did anyone transfer their ps4 data to the ps5 because the the info on how to do it is on the ps5 box which people have uh, picked up on and also it's one of the like as you're starting your ps5 it's like do you want to transfer it's one of the like first options it gives you so has anyone tried
2: I didn't do I a did full not. transfer of the entire thing because I, with like how much memory you have, I'm like, I don't know if I want everyone coming over here. So <laughs> I, I sort of just had skip for that. But then I did uh, transfer my crash for save data and the download file and all that over. It was fairly simple. I'm someone that always struggles with doing that. I don't know why. <laughs> I just, I just do. Uh, we will have guide help for that uh, on our PS5 wiki. But essentially, you just upload your save to the cloud, you know, you if you have PS Plus, and then you just download it from there. Um, and it's, kind of where you'd expect it to be like within your settings. Uh and it didn't take too long. Um it took long enough that I do think you still need a plan for it. At least that was my experience with Crash 4, where downloading it still takes a little bit. And this is once again across like Wi-Fi. If you do like a you know a USB thing, it might be faster. But you know, you I, you still had to kind of wait for that. And then for the save data, I also had to wait. Uh weirdly enough with Crash 4, I got the classic it's ready to start like at this, you know, part of the line. And then I'm like, cool, let's start playing. And then they're like, it loaded the game, but then it wouldn't let me go into any levels. And I'm like, so yeah. you weren't ready to start. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and as far as loads too, like Crash 4 has really long load screens on PS4. Yeah. They are significantly shorter on PS5, but they are noticeable. Like you can absolutely tell that like, this is a PS4 game or an oddly slow PS5 game. Like it's noticeable. Like you wouldn't be able to like, pass that off as a ps5 game just from the load times alone um everything else it felt fine you know it felt like the same as when i played it on my ps4 i didn't like notice in that specific game any like crazy upgrades or anything it also already looked really great to begin with but it was really nice having those faster load times because they were like very long for some reason so i'm still enjoying like being able to continue what i was doing on ps4 on ps5 and the process was fairly simple as well
0: yeah, and I, I will say at least in terms of because I, I haven't transferred, but I have downloaded a few PS4 games to the PS5. Um and just overall download speeds have been really good and easy for me. Uh I don't know how all of your experiences have been, but like I've been able to download like I can say I'm playing bug snacks and the download of that game took under five minutes. Like even something as big as Spider-Man, I waited maybe 15 minutes tops. I can't think of it being a particularly um excuse me slow time to get those games and that has been a nice thing of just sort of the fluidity of it all obviously that is dependent somewhat on your internet connection and given this call you can see that i have bad internet connection sometimes um but there is a a definite speed increase even when it comes to some of those base things that were kind of a nightmare on the ps4 um, I, I do also briefly want to mention we can't really speak to the uh, PSN uh, store integration or any of the media apps just yet. Uh, I can say, though, the, they did update the PlayStation app uh, for phones, which is available to anyone. It's not part of our like review plans or anything. Uh, it's out there. It's much snappier. It's much uh, easier to use and navigate, in my opinion. Uh, it looks cleaner. Um, so I think that is a good... Uh, indicator of where things will go, but we can't talk to that stuff in detail just yet. Um, anything else on sort of the UI of it all before we jump into the actual game Because there's a lot of fun stuff to talk there. Uh, let's go into gameplay. Cool, yeah. let's do it. Uh, so of course, I do want to start off because we only previously, as Mitchell well knows on the last episode, we're only able to talk about one level of Astro's Playroom when it came to using the DualSense. Uh, now we can talk about spider-man and astros in full using the dual sense uh and just our overall impressions so before we jump into like individual game stuff i do want to sort of just get a brief opinion from everyone on how the controller feels to you how it compares to a dual shock 4 for you so far um what your feelings are on it, and i'll say mine sort of at the end but uh janet i'll start with you how are you feeling about the dual sense
2: I love it. I love it so much more than the the DualShock 4, and I'm very happy to be using that as mm-hmm. like this controller of the gen. Um, it's definitely way heavier. Uh, it even feels in a way heavier than the Xbox One controller, but it also feels more compact to me, so I find the weight like very manageable. Um, the adaptive triggers are really, really interesting and really cool. However... I do get kind of tired after using them for a while. There are accessibility features built into the console, both on a game-by-game level and on a console level that you can kind of accommodate for. So I'll be interested to see how those get used moving forward because I do think they're really uh, cool ways to create additional immersion, but they can also be you know, a barrier for some people, whether it's an ability thing or just a preference thing um i also really adore just what's this is kind of like part dual sense part like 3D audio it's sort of all integrated um the use of the internal mic um which like these some of these things aren't necessarily new but like I feel like the immersion and the way that the haptic feedback works when they do decide to fully utilize it is just so phenomenal. Uh, I know we're going to get more in detail on it a little bit later, but like, I absolutely love it. It reminds me a lot of what is already happening in the VR space. If you had PSVR or if you had Oculus Quest or anything like that, you've felt some of these um, additional tricks and ideas that are used to to sell the idea of you being in the game, because that's the whole point of VR, right? You have the full immersion headset, you look around 360, all of that. Um, and I I felt that while playing Astro's Playroom, the way I felt it when I played Astro in VR. And that's really awesome because not enough people play VR because it's a very expensive thing. There's not a lot of games for it. I don't fault anyone for skipping VR, but there's so many amazing and interesting and innovative things happening in that space. And it's so thrilling to me to have some of that come over to a more traditional console where people will be able to experience it. Um, So, yeah, I just hope it gets utilized a lot. Uh, We'll see and we'll kind of talk a little bit about, you know, how that has been utilized so far.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you there in terms of like when all of the facets of what the PS5 can do with 3D audio on headsets or with all the different parts of the DualSense, I think that's when it is at its best and shows off the, the coolest bits of it. But, and I do definitely want to touch on the, the bit you mentioned. You can, in the settings, turn off any of these features. So if you do have any difficulties with dealing with um, adaptive trigger resistance or the, you know, the difference in the the rumble uh, and all of that stuff, you can turn those things off if that is a problem for you. And I do think that's important that that's there from a system level, because as Janet was saying, like there are people who are going to want to play PS5 games who just are not able to use those features or be able to play without those features being an obstacle. And obviously there shouldn't be anything about playing the game that should prevent you from, you know, enjoying it. So it, it Go ahead.
2: Also, there are times where I was asked to blow into it. I didn't like any of those times and I hope to never see that again. Neither, neither.
1: Oh my god. My, so my girlfriend who doesn't play video games, um, there's this bit in Astros where you have to blow into the controller. <laughs> and I was doing it and I had my headset on and I could just feel her gay, like her judgmental gaze I was blowing. <laughs> I was just sitting there like trying to hide the fact that I was blowing into this controller looking like a goddamn idiot. I hate it. I hate it. I've never liked the use your mouse. It's, yep, the, no. Stop. No, it's the
0: same thing with the DS. It was like, I did I, I didn't enjoy it there yes. and I don't DS5. enjoy it now.
2: Yeah. It's awful. It, and I have like, I guess I have, you know, I, I run, I do distance running. So I feel like I have times where I am pretty physically fit. Uh, I have not admittedly run very much because of COVID wearing a mask makes it pretty difficult, but I was like blown into this thing. And I'm like, Jesus, my lung capacity is atrocious. I'm like, please let the fan start spinning because I'm like, <laughs> I can't, I cannot do it. I don't yeah. like it. It's not fun. It's like the worst version of all the good things, just take the inverse. It also like-
1: it, it also feels kind of dirty. Like like you know, now in COVID times, we're so sort of concerned with like mm, things being, you know, sanitized and stuff. I don't want someone's
0: breast air going into my controller yeah it it lives in there forever like the astrobots it's just stuck in there forever yeah no i hate that uh,
2: image it's
0: it's definitely the least favorite it's like those nasenex commercials where they zoom in and it's like the mucus men are like what what are we gonna do now we're out of a job because it's like that's what's happening with your microphone um but no i it's definitely the the least interesting part of it too to me because i do think it is it's just tech we've seen before and i don't think it's ever been tech that's been super well in like included in a game experience like i've never blown into a microphone on a game and been like that was a fun solution for that puzzle it's just always kind of like a yeah okay i'll do that because you told me i had to and let's move on but um i i do want to uh keep going sort of on the general uh dual sense impressions and mitchell how have you been feeling about it uh it's amazing these controllers
3: keep getting better like i i thought that the dual or the the dualshock 4 was like you know my favorite controller i'm like oh well what what are they going to possibly do to make it better but going to the the dual sense it's like going from the ps3 controller to the dualshock 4 like it's bigger it fits better in my hands it feels better like the buttons feel better uh like it doesn't feel like uh anything is is wearing down as i'm i'm as i'm using it and you know we'll we'll obviously see if if that holds true holds true uh you know months and years into the life cycle of this thing but right now it's it's amazing uh i love this controller and uh you know the only one thing i want to say about the mic is my <laughs> only concern is i play a lot of fighting games and the one thing I hate the most when I'm playing fighting games is having to hear other people also <laughs> playing fighting games. If I if I want that you know arcade experience of like trash talking, I'll go to the I'll go to the arcade. Uh, and it's hearing someone talk in a fighting game when you're playing online is actually pretty rare when you're playing on console. Um, it doesn't. It's not like you know Call of Duty where every game you get in there's just people yelling. Uh, but j- having every person playing a fighting game on a PS5 having a controller built in or having a mic built into the controller. I just, I, I need fighting games to have an easier mute option or just like a (laughs) permamute, like just be able to go into the options menu and just click a button and just have everything muted. (laughs) Just, I need this. If if every controller is going to have a a mic, I need this.
0: Yeah. It is going to make chatting in games a lot easier for people to do. Uh and so we will see how that goes, especially i'm I'm with you there, not just like as as not someone who plays fighting games, but just whenever I play multiplayer. I just don't want to hear the other random person when I'm playing. I'm kind of like I'll hear my friends, and that's it. so I don't want anyone hearing me <laughs> yeah, also but um Lucy, how have you been feeling about it?
1: I love it, love it, love it so much um it, it you know i it's it's kind of hackneyed at this point to say, but it really does feel like the next gen feature um of of the ps5 beyond the obvious Um, it feels it feels entirely different and 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 playing astro's playroom uh which was kind of built around the dual sense um you know i was having experiences i've never had before in a video game like just it's a small thing but just the feeling of uh the raindrops on astro's umbrella Uh, just, just rocked me to my core. (laughs) That was just the the subtlety of feel that you can get in this thing is remarkable. Um, and that's, you know, and also on top of that, you know, it is for me, it is the ideal shape. It is the ideal weight. Uh, it is by far the best PlayStation controller. And I know it's the, you know, the current one. So obviously they're iterating, but it is just, it is such, it's leaps and bounds ahead of anything that's gone before. Um, my one concern with it is that people uh Well, it's not really a concern. I do think that people are going to kind of... It's going to take some time to figure out how to properly utilize it. Like in Astro's uh, playroom, I felt it was perfectly utilized. And of course it was because the game was built around it. And Miles Morales, I felt like there was a little bit of like not being entirely sure how to utilize it. Uh, there was there were moments where I was like, ah, oh, did we really need that forceful rumble in that moment? <laughs> um, and I think that it's going to take some time for devs to truly figure out how best to utilize it. But as Janet said earlier, like, I, I really hope they do because it brings a, a whole other level of, of gameplay experience when you're using this that, uh, you know, I haven't admittedly played the Xbox Series X, uh, but, you know, the, it, I can't imagine any other console giving this to us. It's just, it's just insanely good and, and so, so clever. And again, you know, Sony has been hyping it up for a while, but you really need to get your hands on it and experience it to really know how much of a game changer it is. I've used game changer three times in this podcast (laughs) now. I
0: hate myself. I this apologize. Is, I mean, we are a show about game changers. That's, you know, what we're known as to the audience. So I think
1: I was like right. mentally like, don't say it again. You said it twice. And then I said it a third time.
0: Look, Lucy, uh, considering when we're recording this, I think it's fine to whatever our vocabulary ends up being. Uh, but um, I, I do want to, yeah, I think it, it makes sense most probably to jump into Astros then talking about DualSense because I'm, I'm right there with you all pretty much. Like the DualShock 4 has been my favorite um, controller since I've been. Ha- uh, been playing it since the launch of the ps4 but this is i think very clearly even within you know a week and a half of play my favorite controller as well i do think it is it's so comfortable to hold and works so well and feels so sturdy and well made um and i think the potential for it is so so clearly evident with astros and i think it's worth jumping into some of the just Cool ways this uses it, because um as Janet was saying, I think like team asobi did a really great job with uh Astrobot rescue mission mission, improving how you can make a really, really cool platformer built for v r and here they are showing a platformer but also just a game experience and a toolbox and you know like a a, a playground essentially a playroom using the dual sense, and it is kind of showing you all the possibilities, and this is just from the jump um, and so i I do want to kind of go into that We'll keep spoilers, I think on um the references and stuff in the game that we can briefly talk about that stuff but i think for the most part most of the dual sense uses i think are pretty fair game uh, of course if anyone feels differently we can hold off on some but um i wanted to start it off by saying i do think that the, the uses where it combines the triggers and the haptic feedback and the sound from the speaker are the the best coolest uses and uh lucy speaking to the rain there's a, the sequence where you're, you're going through rain, and then the rain starts to hit Astro's head, and then it increases in velocity and how much it's hitting you, and that you feel that directly within the, the controller. And then it takes a leap, and hailstones are hitting you, and that even changes it differently. And it's the the way they all sound different and the way the controller is vibrating differently. And it doesn't like... It doesn't necessarily affect your ability to jump onto the next platform or to knock out an enemy, but it, it puts you in that space so much more. It makes you go, oh, yeah, I'm in the middle of a rainy level. I want to get past this rain. I need to get to, you know, the next area and whatnot. Like it it adds to that in such a way that I, after Sony spending months telling us it would do this and never getting the chance to feel it, it is kind of like, oh, wow, you you were right. It does work that way. Um, and I, I, did anyone else, Lucy, I know you were talking about the rain moment, but Mitchell and, uh, Janet did anything in Astro specifically feel like a, Oh, wow. Moment for you. Uh,
3: the, the, the part where you're in the ball and you're rolling across a, a various different surfaces. Oh man. When you hit that, that asphalt patch, the bumpy the asphalt. asphalt. Ooh, it's so cool. <laughs> you just like, you feel every bump and every bump feels distinct. Uh, that's like the craziest part about it. And then like, right, right from that, you go back on to to solid, solid ground and just uh, it's like, I can't I can't even describe how it feels. You have to experience it for yourself. Uh, that's you'll know why why I'm like this.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's that was the fun part. I wrote I'm doing the review for us for it. And it is so funny to like one knowing, you know, of course, saying it makes you feel like Spider-Man in my Spider-Man review for the original <laughs> game. But like it is so hard not to use the word it feels like when yeah. it comes to this because it is all about that is literally about the feel of it. But I do think it is. Um, th- there are so many interesting uses of it that it doesn't just feel like, oh, well, this is the light rumble, this is the medium rumble, and this is the harder, like, the most difficult rumble you can fight against. It. it there are so many other intricate levels within it.
2: Like,
1: there's yeah, the, the so
0: moment f- in... Oh, I'm sorry, Janet, you go ahead.
2: Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I'm just so shocked that they're able to do this. Like, obviously, we mention all the time that, like, we don't develop games. But I'm like, how the hell are we able to do this? Because it's, it's so accurate like the accuracy is astounding um to mitchell's point like the ass like that's how how concrete feels and it's like how did you convey that and then have sand and have these all these other elements i think for me traversing across different areas is really what um moved me um things like skating across the ice and how you can like convey what ice feels like um I, i think too like it's we'd be remiss if we didn't like mention just the brilliant sound design like this like sound and feel have always like needed to come together in a way that conveys a I guess like a texture or something or anything like that like you can't just have one and not the other Uh, I mean you can and we've definitely experienced that where it's like we've all played games where you're moving through something like sludge and you move like more slowly. So that kind of helps you get the feeling of moving through that sludge. But in Astro's playroom, the way they add the sound element and have a more nuanced haptic feedback really does like is reminiscent of trudging through something. And like, that's just so impressive because we've had things that sort of gesture at what we experience in the real world but I think the way that the sound design is implemented um paired with the haptics is what makes it seem like it is real like in to, back to like Lucy's point with the rain which I think the rain could have been a little better admittedly I feel like it wasn't um differentiated quite enough but one thing that I did really appreciate is they had like a little umbrella that pops over Astro and like the sound of how the droplets were hitting the umbrella had that plasticky noise that we've all experienced like if if you can hear and you've like had an umbrella overhead like on a in a storm it has sort of like this weird like cellophane sound to it and they really like were able to capture that um and i really enjoy the way they like experiment with how they like because it's not enough to just replicate something you have to like replicating it is not enough to convey a mood you sort of have to get the spirit of it and i think that's what they really capture really well it's not so much that skating on the ice is as astro feels like ice in a vibration sense but when you pair it with the sound it has this like what i get isn't i'm slipping i get a like a skating feeling because of the way the sound is it, it it's as if i'm you know drifting across a plane not just because i'm visually doing that and physically doing that with the character but because i hear that sound i get that kind of light texture and it's as if i'm like just literally skating across the surface and i think that's just so brilliant like the way that they like what's happening in the audio space with PS5 is so thrilling. Like I can't, even though I'm not a horror person, I can't wait to see like the new resident evil game on this stuff. Like they just really can create that. Um, And yeah, it's not just the haptics because I think we've all had like, different types of you know levels of controller vibration especially if you're a switch owner and you've had like the really nuanced vibrations it's also what they're doing with sound um any whether it's through the microphone that's built into the controller or if you're like using the headset like they are able to convey it both ways and that's what that's what really sells being able to you know feel like you're walking across sand or across these other surfaces because they kind of marry those two things so well that it just it's as if you're there and that's just wild
0: yeah, for yeah. a long time, they were talking about, like, we would hear developers say, yeah, you'll be able to feel the difference between walking on sand or walking on concrete. And I was like, is the controller's shell going to, like, change in its feeling? Like, what, <laughs> what does that mean? And it's, I'm totally there with you that it is the combination of the senses. Like, this, rightly so, and also because it would be a terrible name, this thing is not called the dual touch, it's the dual sense. And it really is all these things coming together so that, like, when you were saying when you're on the ice the sound of the ice married with the haptics makes you think of ice. It is capturing the spirit. It's the same way. And like a remake isn't meant to, uh, you know, it's trying to capture what you think you remember the experience being. And it's mm-hmm. doing that with basic things like being in water, like when Astro is swimming in water and there's like a waviness to the way the, the haptics roll out, but also the sound of the water, uh, the the waves going through, like it's, it's all those little touches coming together that I think make the experiences in Astros just so, so fantastic from the jump and make me go, wow, I can't wait to see what people do after day one.
1: Like, yeah, I, I tweeted, I agree with absolutely everything you both said. And I, I tweeted out that uh, playing Astros with the 3D audio and the controller was the closest I've come to experiencing a theme park ride in my own house. And, like, you know, I know VR can also give you that experience, but, you know, for, the, for, for a straight console, uh, experience it it's so sensory uh you just feel so in the game uh i i was blown away i feel like the people who made this tick are just mad geniuses like they're
2: just <laughs> insane scientists crazy people and i love them <laughs> yeah it's so cool and i love that like it's so like this is just like a packing game so we all you know um, we have like our full review and stuff that you can kind of dig into but We all know this is like a smaller experience and it was like designed in a very like show off these things way. Um, But even with that being said, it was just like I had a fantastic time playing it. Um, It it wasn't necessarily I wouldn't necessarily say it was as good as like Astro Rescue Mission because like that was just kind of, you know, it's a full fledged game. They're not really like fair to compare the two but it was not like crazy off by any means. And um, I'm so excited that people will finally see like what an excellent platformer Astro is. And like, I really hope that I can see like a franchise of this because it's so incredibly designed. And what I really love about having this is it just was so freaking brilliant as your first PS5 experience because, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're itching to see what this can do. It shows you that it's fun platforming um, without getting into the the spoilers or the references. There's a bunch of different PlayStation references and things in there, and you're kind of going through it and experiencing game history while experiencing the future of games and the future is now, and it's just this rush of <laughs> joy. Um, yeah. And I absolutely love that. I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of video games that exist, and I don't necessarily need every game to be, fun you know there are really sad moving things that i absolutely love like one of my favorite games what remains to be the finch isn't necessarily fun but it's like a really enjoyable story so not every game needs to be fun but i think at the launch of a console, we're kind of looking for that. We're looking for something to be excited about and joyous about. And Astro's Playroom, is a Playroom, right? It's, I always mention oh, the name. Yeah, because yeah. Astro, uh, yeah, yeah. Astro's Playroom. Like it does that. It like hits all of those things and it makes you just so excited to be part of what the PS5 is. And that's just so brilliant. Um, and I'm just yeah. like, I also don't have a Series X yet. Um, I do have one pre-order and I'm looking forward to getting it. But like, not that it needs to be a competition all the time, but I can't imagine having that kind of click. And I just think it's so smart that they, they built that in for you. Like they set you up to have just a really good time as your first console experience. And that's brilliant. And I'm really glad they did it. I'm grateful for it. And I'm, I'm going to go back and get the Platinum because it was super fun. Yeah, Can we also a- just shout out, like,
1: how awesome the soundtrack is to S. Yeah. You? It's still so great. It's I wanted so to It's a great soundtrack. Oh my like God. So many, so many, like, like earworms in that
0: thing. Yeah. Like, we've mm-hmm. been talking a lot about, you know, the snack song, obviously, going into the launch because of how much that became an earworm for everyone, but, like, um, my, I think, second favorite use of sound in this game, <clears throat> excuse me, is in the SSD Speedway, where essentially the vocal line is just like this very robotic like SSD and it, yes. like, keeps doing that. But then like the beat generates from that essentially. And then in GPU Jungle, there is just a full written kind of like love song that and you, can, so you can even find
3: the lyrics for it did you find yeah. the lyrics yeah. 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 yeah it's so cool and
0: we won't spoil like how to get that or anything and i don't think it's a spoiler to say that but yeah it's it is such a well-integrated part of the game where again um speaking to all of your points all of it feels like it, it is this showcase for like why the PS5 is, you should be excited about it, but it works. Like it, it all nails that sense of like joy and excitement. And I'm, I'm right there with you, Janet. Like I love rescue mission. It's my favorite PSVR game. I wish they were making more Astro Bot games. And I really hope this is like really well received at launch. Once the, the, the masses get their hands on it, because I want more Astro Bot. Like I want that to be a part of the PS5 and it's funny to think about the launch of the, the PS4. There's the playroom, which is just stuck on my PS4 and I can't delete it and it's been there forever. And it's like, here's how you're gonna use the camera. And Astrobot was there kind of from the start. And it was like, I don't want to play any of this. Like it never excited me. And to to have this full 360 for me to like come to the launch of PS5 and be like, Astrobot is the best and you need to play Astrobot. Like it is such a a fun start to it. And as you were saying, like it is also man, it is just a love letter to PlayStation. Like, it is so nostalgia-fueled, but in a a fun way to catch all the references that are around the levels, to see the way they integrate the different generations of PlayStation literally into the build of the levels. Like, I don't want to spoil too much of that stuff, but, like, literally the platforming has pieces of PlayStation in it, and it's so cool to have that integrated into the world and for it to not just be like, here's why you should be excited about the future of PlayStation, but here's why we love the past of PlayStation. It feels like a really, really great mission statement for the ps5 Totally. Um, sorry that was my soliloquy on why i love asking really <laughs> you should go check out my review i think i'm giving it an eight i think i can say that now because this will be up at the same time i think it's a really great use of the dual sense like janet said i don't think it like compares to the platforming heights of rescue mission but it's not that far off and i think it um rescue mission i hope they make a rescue mission length game for ps5 with the dual sense i think there's so much more ground to explore there and i really really hope they continue to do that with astrobot but it is definitely as a pack-in it is not something that you'll have to be like i guess i'll check this out while something else downloads like it is worth your time and worth playing through and just a a joy in its own right
1: and Um, also astro is such a little dickhead this is my first (laughs) experience with, with astrobot he's such a little dick i love it he's always like well, I mean, I know that I'm controlling him, but, like, that seems to be the plan, right?
2: Like, always Maybe, maybe you're Jane the dick here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, if yeah. you're going to put in funny animations for every single thing that Astro can hit, I mean, also, who's in, really the dick here? <laughs> to save, like,
2: the little bots, you had to punch them. Yeah. And then one of the achievements was to, like, knock Astro with the controller, like, when you first booted it up. So it's definitely, like... A combative game, but yeah, Yeah. he's not very nice, but he is very cute also. Like this This thing is just so freaking cute. And they're all like, there's a bunch of little ones and they're all adorable and they all have little, they're all in their little cosplay, little robo cosplay. It's
0: yeah. so good. It's, it's really funny to think that they tried to make Knack happen with the launch of the PS4. And it's like, you had Astrobot the whole time. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> I will say there there's a part in the ice level where there's like a little a little bot that's in this little igloo and he's all happy. He's got like hearts in his eyes. And then you destroy the igloo.
0: And
3: he's just like, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but the game wants you
0: to do it. you yeah. to do it. I think what's great about it, too, is like there there are so many PS uh, PlayStation references just from the history of it within the game that are fun to explore and discover. But there are also just fun uses of the environment that are fun to discover like that. Like even the Astrobots who are not cosplaying as some famous characters are still fun to interact with and still have clever little Easter eggs hidden into what happens when you hit them. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's such a fun joyous thing i can't wait till more people get to play it and get that song stuck in their head i hope they put that gpu jungle song on spotify because i will listen to it all the time (laughs) um i do want to move on of course though to the other big game that we can talk about which is marvel spider-man miles morales um i'm also reviewing this one you can check out my full review on IGN. that one's still a little more in the work, so i'm not going to mention a score or anything just yet but um obviously this is A really interesting case because this is a cross-generation game. It's coming to PS4 as well. It's a launch game for PS5. Um, Some of the basics that we know about with it and that you've probably seen, um, it has two modes. One is a fidelity mode and one is a performance mode. Fidelity is like 4K ray tracing, just as pretty stupid as we can make this game. It's going to look beautiful. Uh, The other performance mode is um targeting the 60 frames per second um i think it's locked if not it stays pretty much at that as much as i've played um 60 frames per second some of the bells and whistles of the ray tracing and all that are removed from that mode uh but it still looks very pretty it's still like a checkerboarded 4k i think it's uh, how it's uh described but essentially those are your two visual modes um going into the launch of it there was a lot of debate about the size of this game if it was just going to be like the spider-man dlc episodes which were like two to three hours max uh, if it was going to be Uncharted Lost Legacy like, I think Sony tried to use the word "expand alone" to describe the game, mm. um, which is you know that's Video something. Game jugging, yeah, marketing, we, yeah, we don't have en- <laughs> we don't have enough of those, uh, yeah. so why not add another uh, word into the mix? Um, one for me, I'll just say if there were more Uncharted Lost Legacy and Miles Morales like games in between the the big the like bigger releases, I'd be fine with that. I think it's an awesome model, but um, anyway go definitely check out my review but uh i'll give a little bit of my like spiel of what i thought of it and then i want to hear all of your thoughts because i haven't talked to any of you about it actually but um i i really love it as someone who reviewed the original spider-man one of my biggest critiques with it was that uh the story is great the writing is great the, the the core of the combat and the web swinging is fantastic but when it came to the open world of it all new york was beautiful but all the open world stuff felt like it was ps3 early ps3 days open world it was do these crimes 50 times to get tokens or whatever Th- these 30 collectibles these 20 collectibles these 30 hideouts it was all very du- duplicative and samey and as much as i liked that platinum hunt it kind of all is a blur to me like i until i went back and looked at the game i straight up forgot you did those scientific experiments uh you know, like went around chasing gas clouds and things like that. Um, with Miles, I think there's a there's less content for sure, but I think the side stuff is more interesting because it's always more rooted in who Miles is as a character. Um, I think it often more relates back to him and his journey in this game and his, in this universe, and it also brings you back a lot to Harlem. And one of the things about the original Spider-Man was that he had his lab with uh, Otto Octavius and everything, but he didn't really have like a home base to me that felt you know, like something I cared about. And here I grew to like be invested in Harlem. Like I I grew to be more interested in like, oh yeah, I know that shopkeep because I ran into them in a side mission. Oh, I know this stretch of land because I was here for X, Y, and Z. Like it, it feels a bit more of the friendly neighborhood variety of what I care about when it comes to Spider-Man. So I was really happy that I felt like the side content took a step up here. Um, I think the story works really well. I do think there are some like technical issues with it. I've had uh, two game crashes and I know Janet, you've run into some bugs. I have also had a a game crash. Yeah. So there are definitely tech stuff which is one of those things that i always find interesting with a review because like it it didn't prevent me from finishing the game but it is a nuisance and it's something they can theoretically patch out but it is definitely something they're on launch at least when we're playing there might be day one patches that we haven't uh played just yet but uh a couple crashes and hiccups there but uh yeah sorry that was a long spiel just because i have a lot of thoughts about it since i did the review but you can check out all my review stuff on youtube.com slash IGN. so um Lucy, I'll start with you since I think I came to you last in the last talk. How how's your experience been with Miles so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, I've really enjoyed it. It definitely feels like an Assassin's Creed Black Flag uh, sort of style bridging the Generations game. It's not like Astro Bot that really felt like a next-gen experience. This feels like a PS4 game that's a lot prettier. Um, I do think it's a little more refined than Spider-Man, as you said. Um I, I, you know, we were just chatting earlier before the podcast started. I think, I think the really cool thing about this game is its characters and its story. Like that's the that's the the thing that's been delighting me. It's not really, oh, this is a PS5 next gen experience. Holy, shit. it's more like this is a really cool story, and I'm invested in it because of that. Uh, yeah. I think Miles is delightful. I think his friends are delightful. I think his mum is delightful. Um, yeah, and Harlem is a is a a great place to explore uh yeah it's it's a great sort of spider-man 1.5 experience and i'm happy i'm I'm more than happy with its length like especially considering it even though it's it's not as busy as spider-man there's still a lot of like pick up this collectible and go find this collectible and and do this and do that and then the map gets really busy really fast um and I, I kind of like that being a little shorter because Spider-Man just absolutely exhausted me because it was my first and only Platinum. Right. Um, the only other thing that I do want to mention, they I also mentioned earlier on, the one thing that really bugged me about this game, which is delightful otherwise, Peter Parker, and this is not too much of a spoiler, this is not too much of a spoiler, they had to take Peter Parker out of New York City, right? So he's going to Europe with Mary Jane to like, you know, help her with something she has to do in Europe. When he calls Miles, he says, hey, just landed in Europe. Who says that? Who does that specify
0: the country that they're going to? Who calls it Europe? <laughs> Can someone answer me that place? That's like in... I I don't know what the reason for that would be uh, because the only analogous thing I can think of is in TV and movies when they're like, I'll have a vodka because I can't name (laughs) a brand. But like, I don't know if the tourism board of Ireland would care if he said that. I think at some point in the discussion, they mentioned going to, um, I want to say, a fictional country um, that's a a Marvel Universe location, um, Uh, but that comes up like way later in it. Um, it, So it's...
1: I know it's a stupid thing sure but like I just wanted to get it off my chest
0: Maybe I had do a spend I do Enjoy spend <laughs> There's about 600 words in my review on that single line. So, you know, you're not, you're not too far <laughs> off, but no, no, I understand it is when those things do stick out to you. It's hard to like, let go of that. <laughs> but, but it also shows that the writing is so stellar
1: elsewhere. Cause that's, yeah. you know, that was the thing that was so like that bugged me so much. It, it, yeah. But like, honestly, in miles, it's, it's a delight. Um, I haven't finished it, but uh, everything that I've played so far has just been, I believe delightful. And uh, it definitely feels like a full game. It
0: doesn't feel like a,
1: yeah a a slight expansion
0: no it it doesn't feel like a quick like reskin of your spider-man one adventures um and yeah i i'm right there with you i definitely don't spoil anything in the review but i think the story and the the characters around miles are just so well told and made me go like This is exactly why Miles deserves his own story. And like you are able to tell such great stories with him that feel of a piece with Peter's journey, but also different and unique in their own way. And I think that that works really well with the storytelling here. Uh, Mitchell, I was curious what you thought. Um, I didn't mention it yet in my thoughts on it, but I was curious also, especially what you thought of the combat because the core of it is very much the same from the first game, but there's the addition of his uh, bioelectricity powers and his uh, camouflage and visibility powers to it as well.
3: Yeah. Uh, the combat, obviously it, it feels like Spider-Man. It's got, you know, the same, the same basic foundation. It kind of just adds a couple of new layers with uh, Miles's venom attacks. Um, and yeah. And the way, the way that kind of manifests is it also introduces a couple of new enemy types that you kind of need to use those venom ta- venom attacks in order to deal with. So yeah, I, I really liked what they did with the the combat here. It's it's super flashy. It looks beautiful. Uh, yeah. Whenever you use a, a venom attack, there's like just thousands of particles that just <laughs> explode on screen. And it looks really really cool. Um, and yeah, I think the the one thing that I wanted to to kind of you know highlight is what Lucy said, where where, where she said like this feels like a full game. Like I think there's a lot of people that are probably worried that uh, this you know the maybe the the slightly less or the slightly lower price and you know the the idea that this is not a full you know new Spider-Man game maybe makes them think that this is like just you know a, a short you know DLC kind of thing and it's not it, it has its own unique mechanics it has its own like skill tree for Miles to build out um and even though it's a shorter Spider-Man game it doesn't feel like you know half a spider-man game it feels yeah. like it's its own its own thing which i think is just i want to hammer that po- that point home
0: no, um, I, I, I think you're totally right and it's definitely worth mentioning we'll have a like how long is spider-man article basically going up alongside the <laughs> review embargoes that you can check on ign but it's essentially mm-hmm. i think it took me somewhere between <laughs> eight and ten it's hard to narrow down exactly <laughs> because it's a uh, and loki's getting very upset uh, because it is an open world game where you're doing all that side stuff. I'm stuck wow. here. I'm just going to my dock. <laughs> Um, But it is, uh, I've probably spent at least double that doing all the side stuff. Uh, and it's very encouraging you to, you know, jump into a new game plus mode uh, run and everything. So it is absolutely not a like a short DLC that they're upcharging for. Like it is, you're absolutely right. It is a full game. It is, I don't think it outstays it's welcome but i also don't think it um like pads out the experience or anything like it it does really feel like a really really great story between whatever they want to say is like spider-man 1 and spider-man 2 this feels still important to the universe and i think really essential and i think does some stuff better than spider-man 1 that is worth praising and worth the next game picking up from yeah Um, i think
3: i think uh you know story-wise also it benefits kind of from from that shorter runtime because there's really no filler in the story it's Every every single scene matters in the grand scheme of the overall plot. Um and even when it's even when it's introducing new collectibles for you to find, it's doing that in a way that also matters to the story, which is mm-hmm. really, really cool. It yeah. contextualizes every single collectible. And the original Spider-Man game did kind of did this too, but like you said, the way it ties these collectibles to Miles' own journey is Something that I think Insomniac should, you know, tip of the hat to uh, to Insomniac for.
0: Yeah, it's definitely building off what the first game did, but I think it is um, showing a better understanding of how to integrate that stuff more fully into the experience in a way that makes it feel valuable to go chase that stuff rather than I'm chasing it because it's a numbered list item on my pause menu and I want to know what's going on um, with the 100% experience. But anyway, uh, Janet, I did want to hear from you also. I know we got back and forth right there, so apologies. But what has your experience been with uh, Spider-Man so far?
2: Yeah, I had a great time with it. Um, I did roll credits on it and I took more of a bit of a beeline approach. Uh, This time I wasn't writing the guide for it, so I just (laughs) played didn't write anything down. That was pretty cool. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, to everyone's points, um, it is a more compact story. I think it is like more tightly knit and overall better. I do feel like it has some of the, without giving away too much, it does have some of the, are we going in this direction or this direction? Here's where we end up type thing that we, it seems to be sort of standard for how these stories tend to play out. Like you're kind of wondering what the main conflict is and seeing potential like small things that kind of pop up. Um, but all of those are just a lot more personal uh, which I think is what makes for me Miles a more interesting character and a character that I'm more personally invested in I think to kind of like bring it back to what Jonathan was mentioning with Peter having just his lab it was very like work driven like it was a very work driven story and (laughs) Miles it's a lot more personal it's this idea of like who am I as a hero Uh, what does it mean to protect my community and it's um, it just it just hits a lot closer to home and he like has a home that you can explore and look around. That was one of the parts I was most excited to get to do because I really enjoy when there are like different genre elements within like one core genre of a game. And for uh Miles Morales, they had like not a lot of these elements, but a few like optional walking sim kind of moments where you can, you know, if you want to just leave his apartment, you you could and continue the story and kind of beeline through the cutscenes. But if you want to look around and check out like what's going on in the kitchen and look through all of his dad's albums and all of that, um I was especially interested to see how it would go because um, Miles is half Black and half Puerto Rican, and I'm also half Puerto Rican. I know I mentioned being Mexican uh, quite a bit, but I'm half Mexican, half Puerto Rican. So I'm like, okay, this is like the review of like the Puerto Rican elements. And I was like deep diving in there. I thought they did a really good job with it, honestly. Um, Like I love the way they integrate Spanish with it. It felt very real. I like that they just let it be full lines with subtitles and just like made it feel a lot more natural. There are a few moments where it felt like a, a little like, off like i don't think anyone just randomly says siesta time like nap time it's <laughs> kind of weird I, that was a little bit odd but other than a few of those things like they had a lot of nice touches like when you walk through the fair is another element where you could just cut to the store and mm. you could like turn the other way and like look at all these different places and like talk to the a few of the vendors and they had like a truck selling pasteles which is like a traditional puerto rican food so they had like these nice little touches that really helped draw me into Miles's character and get invested in what Harlem is for him and what his like mom's fighting for. I think from uh, gameplay, I love the Venom electricity stuff. It is really cool. It's just really interesting and adds a whole new layer. I do think that uh, this, once again, benefits from as you kind of upgrade and just get better at the game, you can really start to string together some fantastic combos where if you go for a while and just don't get touched, you're out here like, you know, punch, punch, finisher, you know, an extra thing. And, they, and these finisher animations are so gorgeous and like marvel cinematic i do think there are elements that are so polished it kind of reminds you that like this is a marvel game like it kind of (laughs) towards like almost being too cinematic that's obviously going to be a taste thing some people will go crazy some people will think maybe it's almost too like polished in those ways um as, as that may sound but overall i really enjoyed it i will say one of my i think main disappointments in the game is um and granted i chose to do more of a beeline thing but that's honestly how i usually game i don't tend to do a lot of side stuff unless i feel like i really want to or in in spider-man since you're kind of going around maybe you like i, I stopped a few crimes because they were just happening I'm like sure like let's just go fight some people or let's pick up a time capsule because it's literally like two feet from me so this isn't a you know a big ask but um, from playing that way, I did feel like I you know, got sufficiently upgraded and I felt like the gameplay experience wasn't hindered, but I didn't really unlock that many suits. And that was just kind of disappointing for me because I remember unlocking like a lot of stuff in um, Spider-Man on PS4 just kind of naturally. And I-, I played the exact same way. So I do feel like this game seems to be designed to be replayed, to have that new game plus element, to sort of give you the option to go look at everything. But I think in those options, they... I would have liked to be more moved towards getting more suits, even if it was just like automatically unlocked or something, just because I feel like that was such a big element like, you know, um, of what makes this game interesting and like the abilities and like the style of it. And to have to like go do that as an optional thing rather than something that's fully integrated was just like a little bit of a letdown for me.
0: Sure. Yeah, definitely a lot of the suits are more relegated to uh, completing side stuff uh, than in the first Spider-Man. But there was also a lot more suits in the original Spider-Man. I think part of that obviously comes from Miles has only been a character for so long whereas peter has been around for decades uh and so they there are a lot of more original suits that are uh designed for the game rather than pulling from a lot of his comics lore uh, of course it's out there but i guess slight spoilers if you don't want to know about any suits and you've somehow been on a media blackout but spoilers now please go away there we go i've warned you the into the spider Verse suit is just perfect uh yeah, I just be... lost that. yeah yeah, it 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 made me so, so happy. Um, but yeah, it is definitely a like, you need to go out of your way to get a lot of the suits um, and some of those power-ups that come with them. But uh, yeah, I definitely do think overall, at least like the skill trees and everything aren't, blocked by that necessarily that's just more based on your leveling up uh system in the game and like mitchell was saying they're brand new skill trees there's some shared skills with peter but uh there's a lot more stuff that is specific to his new uh bioelectricity and camouflage abilities which i think works really well within the whole context
2: it was more stealthy than i expected and obviously you could always play it differently but like it leaned a little bit heavier into that than i was anticipating
3: yeah yeah and one of the things I always I've always really appreciated about Spider-Man is the fact that the you know, there's a stealth there. The st- there's there's stealth, but and the stealth is really fun. But also, if you blow it and, you know, you you, you get discovered fighting, fighting off, you know, the a a, a botched stealth attempt is still really fun. Yeah. So, like, I always am of the opinion that, like, I, I try to go go in stealthy and then once you know stealth fails then you know all right let's let's do this
0: (laughs) um this game it it doesn't it never feels like a punishment when that happens
3: right yeah um so yeah i i actually really really like the stealth in this game and honestly I, i i i don't know about you guys i didn't find myself using the camouflage all that much um it can well, be. I mean, he's so sneaky, anyway, right? Like yeah.
1: that's the thing with Spider-Man <laughs> is that like he doesn't necessarily need invisibility because he's so sneaky as a as a character. And, you know, it's, just, it's with his perch takedowns and stuff like that. It's kind of a stealthy game, anyway.
2: Yeah, yeah it's like, a the the way game... to get back into stealth. Like if you get caught, right. you can kind of yeah. like. They're like, oh, he's here. And I'm like, am I? And then it's kind of walk on the other side. So I think that that was more so what I used it for. It did seem like they thought you'd use it more because I know there is an ability where it's like additional damage if you like do a takedown while invisible. And I'm like, I guess I'll just turn invisible and do these takedowns just to get the extra (laughs) damage boost.
0: I started using it a lot in essentially like my post game run. Uh, and found it useful in the clearing out like enemy faction bases if only because of that use of like if i was trying to go in stealthy and then got caught i could you know get out of jail free card instantly just bounce out for a bit and catch my breath but i also as it's upgraded and when it is you essentially like have a lot more time because the meter related to it uh, drops significantly if you do a takedown while you're stealth. But if you uh, upgrade that skill tree, it essentially um, it doesn't chip away at the bar as much. And so I was able to string together like four or five takedowns or, you know, like a a three or four maybe, and then get back up to my perch, even though I was just walking around the area for a little bit, like it became useful in those scenarios, but yeah. right. It is. Yeah. It's definitely one that I think, um, a lot to be said, but we can talk about it more in spoiler terms once everyone's gotten their hands on it. But yeah, it definitely, um, I do, as Mitchell was saying, definitely want to hit home. Like, this is a full Spider-Man experience. Um, it is worth the investment. Like, it is a, if you love Spider-Man 1, for me, this is a a refinement of a lot of what worked in Spider-Man. And, like, I, Spider-Man's been my favorite superhero since I got into superheroes as a kid. I've I've always loved Peter Parker and all that stuff. I, I'm i very much with you there, Lucy. Like, Man, I'm more excited to find out what happens with Miles next than Peter. Yeah. Like, I, I loved the storytelling here. It felt, I think, because it keeps bringing so much back to the personal and because it, it relates to things in a different way. Peter Parker's story does lead back to the personal. It deals with his relationship with Mary Jane. It deals with his uh, friendship with Harry and all the and, uh, You know, his uh, mentorship relationship with uh, Otto. But the way I think it balances Miles' family life, his friend life, his life as someone living in Harlem and his life as Spider-Man, I think the way it weaves all those things together works just so well and made me just really like, I, I care so much about Miles. Like it, it just really sells that.
1: Yeah. I, I also want to stress that it's a really, um, it's a really joyful game. Uh, it's, it's been such a terrible year and like playing this was really lovely. And yeah. it's also set during the holiday period, so it's just kind of, like, got this whole sort of sense of,
2: you know, like, when
1: you're swinging around and a random NPC just is like, Happy Holidays, Spider-Man. It's just, like, little touches like that. It it, it feels like Christmas in New York. And it's just a really lovely, warm game. And I, I don't mean that in a kind of, like, twee, cutesy way. It's just, it's, it's got, it, it just made my heart
0: full. It's a really, like, affirming game. Like, it is right. really about, like no, I want to be a good person because of these things. Like it's going to be tough, but it's worth it. And like that matters. And, and that really comes through. And, and like you said, like as someone who used to live in New York, Christmas time was always my favorite. Cause that was sort of the, like, that's the nostalgic version of Christmas in my head is like all the stores decorated and all the lighting up and everything. And like, it, it nails that it feels great. It looks beautiful. Like, especially in the 4k with ray tracing on, there's some like weather effects mixed with the lighting um, kind of cutting through the, the, the clouds and bouncing off uh, skyscrapers and the, the lighting that's out there for the Christmas season. Like it all, it looks so beautiful and it definitely it is, you know, a day one game that is also sharing a PS4 build. And so we're only going to see stuff go further from here, but like as a day one game, it, it looks beautiful. And I, I really loved it on PS5.
3: Out of, out of curiosity, which, uh, which visual mode did you guys play? Fidelity or performance?
0: performance I was in fidelity most of the time. I did performance in my post game. Yeah. I can't even remember.
3: Fidelity is the default, I think.
0: Yeah, fidelity yeah, is what it's yeah. 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 What, what yeah. did you do? For me,
3: performance all the way. Yeah. i I man, it looks great in in fidelity, but once I switched to uh to the performance mode and got that, you know, solid crisp 60 frames per second that like it never faltered Um, yeah i'm like okay this is the way that this game is meant to be played for me
0: (laughs) i will say i I am not a frame rate person like i've because i've never really played on pc i've never really cared about frame rate because i don't really play anything too competitive like for or, or really timing based so for me it's always been kind of like if it's 30 it's fine like i've really never noticed that difference to be honest but like this was the game where i did have that switch over moment i was like oh wow yeah i noticed that like this is i think the first time i've genuinely felt like a, a massive jump from the the performance and fidelity modes and it was one of those things where it's like man the web swimming feels good and the the combat feels great in this and switching back to fidelity was kind of this jarring like why is it moving so slow what happened <laughs> like it, did, it was for the first time and i don't know if like i will always play it that way because it is it is nice to have all that retracing and the the really higher end 4k assets kind of locked in there but it doesn't look bad in performance mode and if you do crave that the uh, fidelity when it comes to the frame rate it is smooth like mitchell was saying like i I do think it's worth mentioning this game beyond the the game crashes that we've experienced the frame rate is really super smooth the loading is obviously super fast like we talked about before like it does run great on those like ps5 specific versions uh the capabilities Mm -hmm. um we're pretty much out of time i realize we're running a little bit late on this apologies red our producer so i'm just going to quickly go through um mitchell i know you had mentioned uh you've been playing dmc5 you have a preview of it on IGN. anything you want to say about the ps5 version um what i'll what i'll say
3: is and this is this kind of goes for other games too uh you know the we talked a little bit about the adaptive trigger um i and that that's probably the one aspect of the PS5 controller that I'm not really sure how I feel about because in as in uh in Astro's Playroom it's used brilliantly. There are there are certain certain parts where like you you have to use the triggers to to move and the way it, like you know gives you some resistance. It feels like you're you know pushing down a spring and it's it's awesome. There are a couple of games and Devil May Cry Five uh, Special Edition. One of them is one of them where I feel like developers haven't really figured out how to incorporate uh, the the adaptive triggers in, in good ways. And so in double May cry five, there's a, there's an ability you have to rev Nero's sword and they, they have a, they make it so that you have to like really push down the button in order to, to do a single rev. And if you, if you play Devil May cry five, you know how much you're, you're using that ability. And just, it kind of made my finger tired.
1: So <laughs> that's not good and and it sounds like that would be kind of an easy fix as well it seems like an unnecessary implementation to make it really hard
3: Yeah uh but fortunately like like we've said like all these features on the controllers you can turn off in the in the menu so there's an easy way to just turn it off um outside of that you know it's it's devil may cry it's devil may cry 5 it's one of my favorite games of last year uh virgil is is awesome he plays very similar to how he played in devil may cry 4 special edition so if you played that you'll know what to what you're getting here there's a couple of you know small differences between between the two versions mainly how he handles his devil trigger um but i go over all that in the preview one thing i need to apologize for (laughs) in the preview my brain misread uh, Mirage Edge and I called it Miracle Edge. And I went to all these different, uh, you know, Devil May Cry 5 uh, reaction videos that were reacting to my preview. And they were all calling it the Miracle Edge. It is not the Miracle Edge. I am so sorry, Capcom, that I am spreading this, this incorrect Mitchell. name.
0: <laughs> let's be, let's be honest. You've never played a Devil May Cry game. That's
3: I've never played cry no, I'm,
0: <laughs> I'm exposed. I'm sorry. The Devil May Cry community is ruthless with stuff like that. it's it's okay mistakes happen all the time i i totally understand i mispronounced a a, you know i'm a big kingdom hearts fan i mispronounced the character's name in a video and boy was that not a fun comment section let me tell you um (laughs) mistakes happen but yeah i uh, reading your preview and uh, watching your preview um made me really excited um, for jumping in, especially because I missed dmc MC5 uh, the first time around, even though your review for that was great. So definitely excited to jump in for this version. Um, any other PS5 thoughts that we've maybe missed? Obviously, we've talked about a lot and uh, need to wrap up. But anything else that I may have missed that anyone just wants to highlight before we sign off?
2: So so many guides things, but I don't know. <laughs> time, I feel so... I feel like
0: we can do a whole episode on that if I'm honest. So let's, let's yeah, talk After the show, I have
2: some thoughts. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely talk. Just-
3: the startup screen is really cool <laughs> for the yeah. PS5. I, I
2: just want to reiterate what I said. I think said of at Tumblr th- to be honest, but go ahead, Lucy.
1: <laughs> I just want to reiterate what I said at the top of the episode. Like if if you're planning on getting one of these things, if you've already pre-ordered one, um, you know, start feeling really excited. I'm sure you're already very excited, but uh, it's a it's just such a great machine from the time I've spent with it so far, and uh, yeah, it's it's kind of been worth the wait. So.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it has definitely been probably the most peculiar launch lead up window uh, that I I, certainly I've been a part of because it's my first but definitely watched or just seen how the industry has to grapple with everything this year. And this is, you know, our first time with the DualSense in these games. And it has been a, a strange thing to be like, here it is, it's finally here and we get to jump in and I'm right there with you like it was a I was hopeful because, you know, the PS4 generation has gone pretty well, but I wondered where we would land when the PS5 was first launching. And like this first bout of things that we're able to discuss and play with has been really reaffirming and like, yeah, I'm excited for next gen. I know we spent some time on the show being like, do we need next gen? Maybe we didn't, but it's here and I'm really happy with it. And I'm I'm really excited for what the future holds because of what we've seen at the jump, and I think uh, there's only going to be so much more to jump into in these coming weeks and days, especially as the masses get their hands on it. Um, So, yeah, this has been super fun to talk about. I know we could go on for a lot longer, but unfortunately we'll have to wrap up, Uh, but thank you so much, Lucy, Mitchell, and Janet, for joining me for this episode. Uh, Such a a great opportunity to talk about this stuff with you all, Uh, and hopefully we'll have plenty more to talk about in the weeks to come. Hope to have you all on to talk about more PS5 uh, in the coming weeks, but uh, also thank you to Red, our producer. For listening to all of our rambling while he doesn't have a ps5 we appreciate it red and- we love Sorry, you red um but anyway uh, of course also thank you to everyone out there who's watching or listening to the show obviously this has been a very interesting year to be covering the launch of a new system uh and so it is really really exciting to be able to finally talk about this stuff with you all and, uh i can't wait till all of you have your hands on it as well and we can kind of have that conversation going on with everyone so uh if you have other questions about the ps5 please write in to beyond at ign.com uh with your questions we'll try to answer some on the weeks to come uh especially once you all have your systems we can probably jump in even more but uh, i think that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode of beyond uh thank you so much for listening and watching we hope you're safe we hope you're well uh we hope you're excited for ps5 because we are uh and thank you as always beyond 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 beyond, beyond.